Welcome to the Uncut 90. I'm your host, Delaco, with a few special guests and analysts. Rookie is here. Hello. And Mika. Hey, guys, the king of Bayern for in the building. And George, a.k.a. Lil Pep. Lil Pep. Night, night Pep. Night Pep. Right, right. Um, I wanted to start off with the the transfers that happened on deadline day. You know, the, the last minute transfers, big teams, big clubs procrastinating to the last minute to get deals done. Um, a few of the, the major ones that happened were involved in APL. Uh, Partey, probably the biggest one, I would say. Partey going to Arsenal. I wasn't sure it was going to happen, but they actually signed him. Amika, what are your thoughts about that that sign as an Arsenal fan? Are you excited? Do you think he solves, if not all your problems, a lot of your problems in that midfield? Like, how optimistic are you about your team based on this signing alone? Yeah, man. Before we even begin, I just want to give a quick shout out to Mikel Arteta. You know, like a lot of times, what these managers do, the masses often don't see it, but luckily I do. So here's the thing. Uh, before I even talk about party, I want you to know that he actually was successful in shipping out a couple players. Let's start yeah. with him very quickly. He so was. Matteo Guendouzi. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh. That, is a, that is a man we're not going to be seeing again for a while. I don't know if you guys know this, but he was shipped out to Germany. Um, I believe. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly correct. And so freed up some wages right there. To be honest, I think that's also why he was starting El Nini, so as to, he didn't ship out El Nini, but so as to ginger clubs to come and take him. Didn't quite happen, but at least I saw the effort, I saw what he was trying to do. So now to um, uh, Tom, Big Tom. As you guys know, I call him Pate. <laughs> There's a Niger song that goes like this. I don't know if it's a Niger song, but it goes like this. It's not, actually. Pate after Pate. Yeah, yeah, all right. So I'm set up to say this. Pate has come. He has come to give us exactly what we need in our midfield. That is aggression. This guy, if you watch him, you know that he's very physical and he works very hard. He runs up and down the field. Actually, technically, I think I'd call him a box-to-box, but maybe not quite. You know what I mean? He's very close to being one, but he's not quite there yet. But regardless, he still puts in a shift. He knows how to pass. He can see the game. and He's very physical. This is exactly the caliber of player we needed in our midfield because... Our midfield was starting to get soft, man. Ceballos, you know, you touch him, he falls. Xhaka was not really as aggressive. And then his temper issues with cards, you know, I think, I don't know, he has issues. He needs to see somebody. But ultimately, Pate is somebody that I know will get a lot of jobs done for us, man. He will hold down that midfield for us. So that's a very exciting signing. I also want to point out that um, uh, Lacazette stayed, you know, <laughs> I was not a big, a big fan of that, but you know, I think he honestly stayed because it was part of Obama Young's contract. He said, I'll stay if you guys don't sell off Lacazette because they're like best friends or something. Yeah, I'm sure that they're, they're, yeah, Obama Young had a part to play, but yeah, that's how I feel about Tom. How about you? Didn't mention uh, Torreira. Torreira also left, right? Yeah, yeah. I was also gonna get to Torreira. Although with Torreira, I feel like we didn't even give him the chance, but it's fine. He can go away. But Torreira did leave as well. <laughs> he 
they also did leave. Um, I'm hoping that Sebios's loan can be terminated immediately. Wait, why do you hate Sebios? I know, like, I feel like... Guys, 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 please and please, what is Sebios good at? What is Sebios good at? You guys, you guys just like fancy-looking white males. I'm telling you guys right now, this guy offers nothing to Arsenal. He brings nothing to the table. Emeka, the guy is doing something in your team that no midfielder in your team is able to do. Like, okay, let me hear it. He drops deep and collects the ball and takes it up, right? Yes, that's oh, one. Yeah. And then he gives defense play and passes. Like he did against Liverpool. And then your most recent game, like he was doing the same thing too. You understand? Yeah. I don't know why you don't like the guy. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, with these things, I think every once in a while, it's just time. Time will tell. You know, that's why I say time never time never, uh, never lies. So ultimately, time will tell. But I'll tell you right now that Sabayos is a 6 out of 10 player. He needs to leave ASAP. Now, I would like to move on to Manchester United. Uh, wait, 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 hold on a second. <laughs> I'm like, yo, is he the guy? Why is he the guy? George, I want to ask you about Partey since, you know, he's a Ghanaian brother. Let us know. Because I have seen people question specifically i've been surprised i've seen a lot of Guineans kind of throw shade at him um kind of insinuating that he's not that good of a player like he might be a little bit overhyped um yeah. he's a league player as well so you've probably seen a lot of him but what do you think about him as a player and how much does he help arsenal I, that the reason why Guineans think he's overhyped is he was like he was i guess he was seen as the next michael asian you understand and in Ghana, the position in which they play him, I think he plays more of like a central attacking midfield as compared to playing a CDM for Atletico Madrid. So in that position, I guess he does not thrive as much for Ghana. So majority of Ghanaians, you know, like you have ACN, you have Montari, like those are like high standards that you have to hit. And then Pate has not yet hit those standards. So like, yeah, there's like this doubts about his abilities and, you know, all that. But... At Atletico Madrid, I actually don't think... I don't know. I, like, there's so much brave about how good this guy is. I, I get it. He's good. But, like, the hype. I'm like... he. I mean, he's decent. Like, I was telling Winfred all the time. I was like, yo, this guy is just decent. He does not... I don't know. It's nothing special. I guess it's a good signing for Arsenal. But I don't think it's a signing that will make Arsenal, like, automatically a top-four team. You understand? Oh, I don't think they would expect that. Emeka, you don't expect that, do you? Top-four? I mean, there are a couple issues what George said. Arsenal is a top four team, uh, regardless. Um, so I'm not sure what. And then he's saying that, oh, yeah, he's 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 an okay player, but I guess he's good for Arsenal, as though Arsenal is not a stellar team. So there was a lot of shade in what George was saying. It's I mean, not, no, 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 it's not. It's not even shade. I'm just saying, like, I, I, I watch a guy play. I guess maybe it's not my type of player. Like, I watch a guy play, and I'm like, okay, he does the job. Like the way Rodri was doing it for like Man City, um, Atletico Madrid, and then Man City ended up buying him, and it's not—it's not the same thing. It's nothing extra. You feel me? It's nothing like I'm like, okay, he's a good player. That's it. Like I don't see this rave where all like almost every single analyst is like, yo, that's the best signing. Patrick Vieira, like, oh, I don't see it. I actually do not see it. I'm like, okay. He's I mean, to be honest, I don't really know that the world currently has very good like midfielders like in this point in time and to be honest if you think about it, it's like we are lacking right now i don't think that there are a lot of world-class players anymore right now like we had a pool like in the last 10 to 15 years that i think is kind of now phasing out you know like you can imagine that 
we had moments when Modric, Cruz, Iniesta, like these guys were just all there. You understand what I'm saying? They were all playing at the same time, trying to stagger Alonso. And then now, you know, we kind of had to settle with, you know, Bruno Fernandes, man. It's like now there's really nothing out there. You know, the only big, big shot now is KDB. So I will say that in comparison to the caliber of midfielders that are in the world today, I would say that party is, I think, top top 50 out there, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. That's wow, fair, yeah. so that's what the top fifty midfielders. I mean, that's that's not a good thing if you think it's just top fifty. Like, I mean, I was I was gonna do like a mental count, but it's gonna take some time. Sure, I, I might I might narrow it to the top twenty five, but as of right now, I mean, top fifty. I would think he's top ten DMs in the world. I don't know if that's too high, but I, I, that sounds fair enough to me. Uh, I don't know, man. We have some really good DMs, man. Guys. Like you're gonna okay, but we'll 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 come back and talk about it. We'll rank the DMs in the world. Okay, I want to ask you because Emeka was about to get into it. United did make a sign in. Um, they had a couple of transfers as well. Uh, Chris Mullen, they finally released him. They let him go to Roma, which um, might actually be a negative for United with the way we think them defend. Um, they brought in uh, Cavani, so he's gonna you know I guess provide some goals or I'm not sure if he's gonna be a starter. But let's just talk about those two those two players for now, specifically Cavani. What do you think oh, about wait, him? Wait, wait. No, no, sorry, you forgot one big signing as well. Alex uh, Tellez. Tellez, yeah, yeah. Alex Tellez, yeah. the left back. Yeah. Um, I would assume that's a good signing. But I want to talk about them. I guess you could talk about all of them at once because it's United, right? Baruki, tell us what you're feeling about the transfers. Obviously, you guys didn't get Sancho, like some of the bigger names you went after. But Cavani as a striker, I think you needed a striker. I don't know if he's the one you would have wanted, but you needed one. A left back, we've talked multiple times on this podcast about how Luke Shaw can't run and things of the like. Um, are you happy with those two signings, Cavani and Tellers? Um, No. Um, to, to be honest, no. I'm, I'm not happy. The transfer market was very underwhelming as a United fan. Um. Deadline day was kind of depressing. I'm not going to lie. Um, especially seeing Arsenal sign party. It's like, okay, what are you guys doing? Um, United, that is. For, with Cavani, I mean, I think it will be good to bring in experience. The team is definitely lacking in experience, um, both in that position and in general. There's no real leader on the team. As we can see with Maguire being captain, I mean, he's not really captain material. At least he hasn't shown that thus far. But um, so I actually, I'm not entirely against the Cavani signing. I know, I think he's on 200 a week, which is pretty high. But United's been known to kind of give out high wages. So it's not surprising um, but yeah, I'd say out of the signings, Cavani's probably the best one. Alex Tellez, to be honest, I don't know too much about him. I know there's been a lot of hype about him um, from what I've seen on Twitter. I honestly haven't gotten a chance to look at what he's done, but I think bringing in competition into that role doesn't hurt. Um, like you said, we've discussed Luke Shaw many times, um, both on this podcast and outside of it. And even he made the comment, I think it was after the Palace game, how United to, United needed to make reinforcements. I don't know if he realized that 
you know, his position was a target. Mm-hmm. Maybe he may not have made that comment, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was necessary. I think that a DM was more of a priority. A right winger was more of a priority. A center back was more of a priority. Um, and and uh, they didn't really focus on those positions. So... As a fan, it, it is disappointing. It does make you worry about what the season is going to look like, especially with how congested the the fixture list looks. But, you know, taking one game at a time, I guess. What what can you do? About, about Cavani, um, do you expect him to come into your starting 11 or is he going to be, like, off the bench, like, because I'm not sure. I assumed he was coming off the bench. But. I think that initially he will come off the bench. But judging from Martial's um, form thus far, he may end up losing his starting place, which, again, competition is good. If Cavani's going to put in the goals that are necessary, it's not the time to be sentimental. You know, like every team has a goal you're either performing or you're not. So if you're not performing, we're going to put someone else in who may perform. And if they continue to do so, then you lose your starting place. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So you're not happy. You're not feeling more optimistic about United. You think you're in the same place, basically. Well, the thing is, yeah, it's hard to be optimistic when you've seen the way the team has played so far this season yeah it's still early no point in panicking but it's not even that the team is just out of form you you just don't see a game plan you don't see a game plan and that does come down to the manager I mean we've talked about Ole several times again on here um It's not a bad team. I just don't think this team is going to get anywhere near their target with the current manager. I think that it's a decent squad. It's not the strongest, and I do think it's quite thin in terms of squad depth, but I I, I don't see it yet. I really don't. And again, we haven't seen these new signings we don't know what the team's going to look like after this international break is over. But yeah, it, it is difficult to be optimistic, especially when, like I said, the, the primary positions that we definitely needed to strengthen, they weren't addressed. So, you know, what do you do? Hmm. And Mika, what do you think about that? What do you think about Cavani coming in? What do you think about Alex Howard? Yeah, man. Yo, guy, I just pulled up my app, uh, my Firescore app just to get a sense of uh, Romelu Lukaku's age. Turns out he's still 27. (laughs) So so I'm still just in shock. I'm still just in shock, you know, that you sold. Oh, by the way, and then I decided to look at Lukaku's numbers, right? 16-17 season. No, let's start 15-16 season. 15-16, 18 goals. 16-17, 25 goals. 17-18, 16 goals. Anyways, first season I entered 23 goals, and then this season he has scored three goals in three games. So at the end of the day, I just really want to point something out to people, right? That Ole 
Ole is, is an idiot, right? Because, <laughs> because this guy has genuinely sold one of well, somebody who would have ended up being one of England's top scorers, if you ask me, of all time. Definitely. And he has now gone out to first watch. We tried Odion Igalo. It's looking like that business maybe might not be working out as planned. Now, we've now gone into bringing uh, somebody who is looking to retire within a year or two, maybe even three. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, a year or two, to be honest. So, so really, I just want to point something out. Like, honestly, sometimes people will have bad seasons. It does not mean that you should throw them away the second they have one bad season. One bad season. Also, if you know that that striker day in, day out was getting goals, even on a team as 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 ranked as everything, instead of you selling that player, you should have tried to build something around him. Just like Harry Kane. I've seen Harry Kane, he'll have bad games, couple bad games, and then all of a sudden, all he needs is just that maybe one or two games where he's getting goals, getting goals, and then all of a sudden he takes off from there. You guys know how Harry Kane is. In fact, that's why people don't even get him early on in FPL because it just takes him some time. And then similarly, it should have been the case for United. So anyways, Cavani is an excellent player pre-30 years old. Prior to turning 30, Cavani took a dip, a very deep, serious dip in form, in my, in my opinion. You know, I mean, actually, I think it was the 30 season that he was the highest goal scorer. But after that, he definitely took a dip. You see what I'm saying? And then that's why even PSG started to look for other options. You know, Mbappe, Cardi, uh, Chupomoting was always there and also being put in rotation. So Cavani is not at his peak. And what United needs right now is a peak player. Unfortunately, I do not know why you guys are not realizing this. You guys need peak players. You do not need players that are, are, are leaving. I don't know. Zlatan came as a retiree. Now Cavani is coming in as a retiree. I don't get it. This is Manchester United. So it is not making, it's not adding up. That's all I'm saying. It mm. is not adding up. Cavani, I like him. I thought he was an excellent player, even from back when he was in Napoli with Marek, and they were doing a, a wild oh, one. That was the was, oh my goodness, with them and senior them. It was a wild team. Wild yeah. team. But that is not the Cavani of today. I do still love him, but he's not that Cavani anymore. Let's just be honest here. And then I want to address Alex. Alex honestly was an excellent buy. Luke Shaw, we appreciate him for speaking positivity into the air. He said, you know, we need one of the quality players on this team. So now they've replaced him. So that's a bit of an issue. But Teles is, you know, Teles is walking onto this team. He is literally walking onto this team as left back. He is starting. Luke Shaw is, is he should start looking for his way out. And then I want to address something. Man United qualify for the Champions League. This is when they therefore need to start looking at how much depth that they have in the squad. And so as to why they didn't just give Smalling another one-year contract or try to bring somebody in to just, you know, add the numbers. Because you guys are going to be playing in three competitions. Three competitions. FA Cup, Premier Champs, right? And this is a condensed season. You still have to play all your games. You see what I'm saying? So, ultimately, it was just bad business. Bad business. Very, very bad business from, from Ole and the Man United staff. Apparently, it's not just Uli's fault. It's the higher-ups. It was just bad business. And so we need money to get it together. And what I don't, what I don't also don't understand about United is, like, you made it to Champions League this season, right? It might be difficult to even make it um, this um, next season to Champions League. Instead of using this, like, chance to actually, you know, sign top quality players. Because, I mean, playing Champions League is also, like, you know, a way to pull players to your club. Instead of using that to actually sign players, they didn't do that. You're bringing in 33-year-olds and 
Like, come on, man. They should have done better. They should have done way better. Absolutely. Like, way, way better than what Absolutely. they did. And next season, if you don't make Champions League, it will, it will be even harder to attract the players that you want. Exactly. It is what and, I mean. then, and then you have a player like Cavani who's going to be chopping 200K from your wages. Mm. When you could have bought somebody slightly younger who would chop way less money. I'm telling you that you guys could have gone for a while. I don't even want to start telling you guys who you guys could have gone for. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys could have even gone for fucking Ollie Watkins from Brentford. But ultimately... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm being dead serious. Actually, and I don't want to start talking about Man City just yet because we'll get to them, I'm sure. But honestly, Dolapo, there were so many opportunities to just go... Like, we shouldn't be getting party over, over, over United. Because mm-hmm. you guys, need, they need that position. Because clearly Pogba is in and out. And there really isn't a good call when it comes to the central midfield position at United. And then, obviously, Maguire is dancing. He's a dancer now. Maguire saw Shaw and determined that Shaw was the enemy. So he tackled him. (laughs) 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 That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I really want to rely on Greenwood and Rashford and Marshall. But God forbid, either of those three people get injured this season. United is done. They are done. They get injured. They always get injured. It's, that's I mean, what I'm saying. But Marshall and Rashford are quite that's, injured. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If Rashford is Rashford, I'm worried about because that kid, with all due respect, when I tell you guys, I really rate that kid highly, not because of his ability, but because of his work ethic. I understand I make fun of him. He runs up and down the whole place because he does. <laughs> However, he does give a 110%. You guys know that he'll, he'll do anything for Manchester United. That's but true. That, as a result of that, it's why he puts his body on the line a lot. This is a condensed season. They're going to be hurting, man. He's going to get injured eventually, God forbid. But if it does happen, who's covering for him? Who is his replacement coming off that left flank? Who? There's nobody. <laughs> okay, if you move Marshall there and then put Cavani in the center, okay, then Cavani is 33. So he goes, West Brom? He plays West Brom. They hack him small, hack him small. Then what next? Who's playing the Champions League game on Tuesday? Igalo? Come on, man. Come on, Igalo. Yeah, no, I think United, I'm sure by the time the um, the midseason windows open, I'm sure they'll be looking at players seriously. It seems like they do their best business <laughs> during that period now anyway. Um, I, I want to talk about City for a quick second. They didn't really bring anyone in on deadline day, but since Emeka, like obviously has some things he wants to say about them, um, the, the one key player I think we're all looking for at City was Eric Garcia, was if he was going to move. I know he wanted to move. It's basically known. He's told Man City he's not signing a new contract. His contract is done after the season, I believe. And Barcelona is believed to be the, the one team that's in for him. Um, George, were you surprised that he wasn't allowed to leave or like a deal wasn't put in place? Or do you think that, you know, Pep just really needs him and can't let him go at this moment? Like, why do you think that didn't happen this window? Uh, I think a deal a deal was actually not in place. Well, my, I think Man City was requesting for more money. I think they started off at uh, was it twenty five mil, and then it dropped it to like fifteen mil. But the signing of uh, Garcia was uh, contingent on on selling Semedo, and then we ended up selling Semedo, and then the funds was you know was supposed to was supposed to be towards uh, Eric Garcia, but we ended up using that funds to buy uh, what's his name? Yes, Dest. There we go. So like I mean at that point I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know why then but I guess they did not and what's crazy about Barcelona is that we did not bring in uh Eric Garcia but somehow we allowed Todibo to go out on loan hmm. and right now we only have four center backs 
and then I mean three center backs and then with Umtiti. <laughs> I don't know why, like within Umtiti doesn't count. Right, the guy is like always injured, like yeah. always injured. So I don't, I don't know. I guess a deal was not in place. A deal was in place, but I guess Barcelona did not want to strike a deal with Man City. I don't know. I don't know what happened with that deal. My guess is gonna come in uh to Barcelona for free next season if he does not sign a contract. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing. So yeah, I guess, and I guess Pep could also use him now because he has he has like you know Ake. He has uh, what's that guy's name? Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz, and then he has Laporte, and then John Stones, of course, is still there. So I guess yeah, he has he has a depth now in defense, but like he needs more depth in you know the ST position. But hey. Okay, real quick, while we're talking about City, again, since they didn't really do too many chances, we're not going to stick too much to them. But uh, mm-hmm. an idea I have seen floated, which I think I might be a fan of, because we've, I don't know if we're all in agreement, but the weakest link in the City defense is probably Benjamin Mendy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen it suggested that Ake plays left back. It's a position he's played before, and mm-hmm. Mendy just goes to the bench. Now you have mad center back, so you can play Laporte and Ruben Diaz, and of course Kyle Walker on the right side. What do you think about that? that back four, do you think that could work? I mean, I think if Man City ends up playing that back four, it'll be like, um, like Pep has to change his whole system in the sense that like his full backs will probably attack more on Carl Walker's side. Because I don't think Ake can go up and, give, and be given those courses that Mendy was given. Mm-hmm. So I think Pep will probably have to change his whole system. Maybe play three back with like, you know, wing backs and all that. But I don't, yeah, I don't see, I don't see, I keep going up, crossing the boards like the way Mendy does it. I don't, I don't see that happening. So yeah, he probably changed his whole system, and all keep the same system, but attack more on Carl Walker's side. And yeah, but yeah, Mendy's done. Mendy's actually. I came over here and I said on the podcast, uh, the first game week after the Wolves game, and I said I was like, yo, all Wolves did was just basically bring the whole game to Mendy's side. They just kept attacking the guy's side. And, like, the, the guy doesn't look fit. I don't know if because he didn't get a preseason. He doesn't look fit. He can't keep up. Like, I don't know. It's, it was so bad. Against um Leeds, it was just terrible. They just mm-hmm. keep bringing PC wingers. Uh, Triore, against Leicester, they had Harvey Barnes or someone like that on that side. Leeds, they took out uh, Helder Costa and then brought in the Povada kid. The guy just kept running, running, running. So, yeah, that's that's the weakness in Pep's team right now. Hmm. Hopefully, like, yeah, he finds his And Mick, I want to ask you about the business that City and Pep have done um, this window. They feel like they brought in, like, five defenders. Um, they obviously are very focused on defense. Uh, it seems like this is a big focus here for them. I mean, I want to say he spent, like, the most money on defenders, like... Something like the three of the five most expensive defenders are playing at City currently. Something ridiculous like that. Um, what do you think about his strategy in the market, just signing big-time defenders that um, some of them have worked out, some haven't worked out? But what do you think about their window? Yeah, no, I, you know, what I know now I didn't know before about Pep. You know, I was always a bit reluctant to accept that he was great, and now I know that I will never accept it. So oh, wow. then what I'm trying to say is that you sent Ruben Diaz, you sent his club $74 million when his market value was 38 right? And I yeah. think Otamendi went the other way as well, right? Yeah, Otamendi went to Benfica. And yeah. then you signed Nathan Ake 
for 49, even though his market value was 30. So with those two alone, we're looking at, you know, maybe down 120, 130, around that area. So really, I'm just thinking that, like, ultimately, you realized once again that your defense was shaky, but you didn't address that issue with confidence, right? You went and signed Ake, who's a Bournemouth uh, relegation battling centre-back, whom I admire. But regardless, like, I would like to see him at, like, an Everton. City should have gone for the kill on a top-notch Koulibaly or somebody or Upemikano. Somebody else could have come in to save the day for City. Not Now I feel like Ruben Diaz is, is nothing. I don't rate him highly. Okay, Ake, I think he's good, but he's not quite there. And then if you're going to now try and play Ake left back, well, then you've lost your attacking prowess, right? Because by default, Mendy's, I guess, uh, strength was that attacking-wise, he brought something to the table because his whips were good into the box. Ake does not do that. Ake does not do that. That's one. And then two, Zinchenko is also able to take on people with, with, with footwork and then cross the ball into the box too. And so really, I think that in addition to losing that attacking prowess in the back, if they decide to play with an Ake in the left, well, then they've also not signed a striker, right? So let's assume that Mendy now comes back to form. Everything is fine and dandy. And now he's whipping the ball into the box. Who's going to head it? Raheem Sterling? No. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Gabriel Jesus, injured. Sergio Aguero, injured. So it's like, what did City... I understand that they had a plan. But George, Rookie, Dolapo, sometimes you can have a plan and then you have to pivot because things are now different. You see what I'm saying? So yes, we know that you plan to get centre-backs during this window. But when you realise that you had no strikers going into the season, then you should have bought a striker. I mean, I just feel like these things that I'm saying are so basic. Like, when you don't have a striker, you get one. That's all I'm saying. So as to why he's now going to go and sign two centre-backs when he already had the likes of John Stones. No, no, and... no, 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 no. Come on, man. John Stones is no, no, no. no, I'm not saying John Stones is good. I'm saying that you could have just managed somebody that could play that position as opposed to not having anybody at all to strike. You see what I'm saying? So if your $75 million was available... You needed not spend it on Ruben Diaz. You could have just said, okay, you know what? Just like how Klopp easily, sorry, yeah, Klopp could have easily shipped out Adrian knowing that he's a bag of rice. He's still like keeping somebody that, you know, he can utilize in the event of a, an injury to Allison. And that's okay. Yeah, you know, went and signed somebody that he also utilized now because Adrian, like I said, is a bag of rice. But my point is that he is utilizing what he had. You see what I'm saying? But in this case, Pep had somebody that could come and fill in Otamendi's place or Fernandinho's place, or whoever. And then you go and spend that $75 million on a striker. You spend it on a striker. Go right now. Whoever is striking for Benfica, go and buy them. Wait, wait. <laughs> but, Emeka, you do, like, you do realize that Aguero is actually back in training, right? Yeah, George, I totally understand what you're saying. But, but you know what? You know, looking at, so you, you make a great point, right? You're saying that Aguero is back in training. Are you insinuating that there is no need for a striker as a result of him being back? No, I'm saying if you're going to spend $75 million on a striker who is not going to start, why would you do that? Like, are you going to spend $75 million on a striker who's probably going to be third choice? Like, why would you do that? But the thing is, do you think Gabriel Jesus is going to take over for Aguero? Like, seriously? He's not. Thank you. I mean, he's Emeka, and do understand that. Well, I, if I, anything, no. 
you're, you're bringing in Aguero's replacement. Aguero is 32 years old. Injured. That's what I'm saying. This guy and actually have have Jesus, who's exactly. he's not going to be the next Aguero. He's not going to be the next Jamie Vardy. He, he's not going to be the next Harry Kane. I think we fully established the fact that he's not up to par for a team like City. Listen, so that's, that's exactly. drops to third, and you're now introducing the person who's going to take over for Aguero. Come on now, right? Like who? Who would you like? But like. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me address something. As uh, in addition to what Ricky said, yo, George, this is the biggest team or the second biggest team in England. Now think about the years. Yes, every single top team that had that one striker that was clinical that was fading out, they were going to bring in one stellar player to come in. Think about it. When Rooney came in, who was going out? Was it Nuno? Nuno was on his way out. When Rooney was then on his way out, they now brought in Rashford. They now brought in Marshall. You understand what I'm saying? Who is United? Who, sorry, who is City bringing in, knowing fully well that this their talisman is no longer going to be given hundred percent due to age or injury prone or whatever? That's what I'm saying. You have to. This is the time. I, this is why. Uh, I don't want to today. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? Honestly, honestly, if Pep had says, do you know the player I would have gone to get? I would have gone to get Romelu Lukaku. God. He's never signed a Lukaku. God. <laughs> Are you he doesn't fit that philosophy. I get it. He doesn't fit that I, I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying that that is what I would have done as a manager, regardless. Because I know that, look, what I need right now is goals. This is money that I'll get. It. All I'll do is I'll tell everybody, pass around him, and then only pass to him when he has the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> a pep striker does not play that way. And I feel like I get, I get what you guys are saying. A girl needs to be replaced. Yes. But if you're gonna bring in someone worth that seventy-five million or whatever amount Emeka is talking about, like the guy has to start. You can't buy seventy-five million and put him on the bench when you have. See, they didn't even spend seventy-five. Timo Werner was how much? He was not that much. I can even check for you. But forty-eight million. Look, okay. In addition to what Rookie said, guy, I would have just gone to Wolves. Get That's it. Go and get Jimenez, just like how Klopp went and pulled Jota to cover for money, right? Why do you think he's signing Jota? Why do you think he's signing Jota? Obviously, he's trying to cover money in the event of any kind of thing or just to strengthen the squad at depth. Guy, you could have gone to Wolves. Go and pick Jimenez. Jimenez is a very good striker. And he fits that philosophy. And he speaks Spanish. Like, come on, man. This is bad business from City. Really it is. I, I understand. It's bad business. But then again, also saw rumors of you know, uh, Lataro Martinez being linked to Man City. I saw, really? yeah, I saw strikers being linked to Man City. I guess maybe they didn't pan out. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Kane in Tottenham is also a disgrace. Man United, useless team. Useless team. Useless team. <laughs> Man City is useless for this too. How about Arsenal? All these other teams. Yeah, we cannot afford Harry Kane. What are you saying? Uh, sorry. You're not on that level. Oh, no, we're not on that level. You know me, I know who I am. I know who I am. <laughs> I know we can't, we can't afford Harry Kane, but United can't. This is the this is this is written in the stars for Harry Kane. United, best team in England, best striker in England. It makes sense. Okay, I get it now. Sign him. Easy. Yeah. George is coming here to defend Pep because Pep is buying Ruben Diaz and Lepen Ake without a striker. And you're trying to convince me that it's good business. Guy, if you if you're gonna criticize Pep, also criticize Klopp. The fact that he still does not have a Potent number nine striker, and then you're out here, you come over here and be praising him. No, 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 no. Don't have pause. Wait, wait, one second, one second. On that point, um, 
Liverpool, like you said, they didn't really bring in a striker. They did let go of their young striker, uh, Ryan Brewster, who was pretty much the most famous prospect I feel like they had in their in their team at the moment in an attacking position. They let him go. He went to Sheffield for – I thought they got a lot of money for him for someone that hasn't really played. Um, but, yeah, no, Mecca, go ahead. Continue saying what you're saying. So, so yeah, in addition to that, uh, to what uh, Delapo said, George, you have to understand that Klopp – once, in fact, I can say that Firmino is top five best supporting strikers wow. in the world right now. That plays the role of supporting striker. That is one that doesn't go out to get the goals. He goes out to make assists, right? But he still doesn't have that in his game. But hold on, hold on. But you can imagine what Pep's dilemma is right now. Hmm, this striker that you've had since you've arrived that has taken you to two Champions League finals and has won you the Premier League who is still of age, not injury-prone, still healthy, you should sell him. For what? For what? There is no justification for selling Firmino. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying sell, sell Firmino. The guy has basically no um, competition whatsoever. None. Yes. Oh, I agree. None, no competition. And you had a chance to sign Timo Werner and you allow him to right. go for right. 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 Like, Are you serious? I absolutely get what you're saying. And I made this exact same point. I do believe that Liverpool should have strengthened the striking position, but I can see why they felt like they didn't need to. Whereas I cannot see why Pep could not see that, okay, all my strikers are out, let me bring one in. No, they are bad. They are bad. In addition to that, George, let me just tell you, right? It's just short-sighted. It's short-sighted from Pep. I, I, I understand that. But you cannot come here and criticize Pep for making a... You know that decision, and then go on and later praise Klopp for not doing the same thing. Like you can't do. Klopp just won the league by nineteen points. There was last season. Also, let's not forget that. In addition to that, I'm gonna say this right now that Mane is a better striker than Sterling is. You see what I'm saying? So, in the event of an injury to Firmino, he will push Mane to the centre-forward position, and Mane is a better centre-forward than Pep thinking that he can move Sterling to centre-forward. You see what I'm saying? Because Mane is good on his head too. He's good on both feet. This is something that you can definitely not say for Sterling because Sterling has no left foot and he's not good with his head. Hmm. So it's an entirely different ballgame with all due respect. And he went and signed Jota. You see what I'm saying? So, George, I'm so sorry, man. Klopp, I agree that maybe you could have gotten a striker, but the fact that he didn't is not a big deal. It is yeah. a big but it is a big deal. Like you cannot overlook that. It is a big deal. And the fact that you like your midfield, yeah, you brought in Thiago. He has coronavirus right now. He's out. And the guy was also injury prone. You guys they were raving about oh you Thiago, Thiago. The Thiago is injury prone. He's 30 years old. And he's not there right now. So in the midfield too. But I feel like you're you're bringing up issues that aren't as dire in Liverpool's pay, in Liverpool's case as they are for City. No, so, so let me let me jump in here, and I think we should maybe move on a little bit. But I do think that George has a point, and that if Aguero is back, right, if we're going with what George is saying, then the striker issue, as much as it's an issue that they have to deal with at some point, it's not as not as pressing as the defense. Like, their defense was legit terrible last season. Like, that's their problem. It was not a matter of... Man City, I want to say, scored the most goals last season. I'm not checking right now, so I could be wrong. But a lot of goals. Goal scoring was not their issue. So if they're going to fix anything, it's their defense first. I don't know if they have to buy five center backs, but... 
so then, so, so exactly. So you you have now indicated that the solution was resolved upon signing the first centre back, right? So then, I why would... did you sign on Donna one? Yeah. And so then, let me ask you this: in addition to that, Donna Paul, you're saying that yes, Aguero is coming back. Well, let me give you Aguero's numbers, right? Since you must know, let me give you Aguero's numbers. So how old is Aguero? Do you know? I'll tell you. He's thirty-two. Right. He's thirty-two years old, Donna Paul. So whether or not he's coming back from injury, I can tell you that right now, for one, coming back from injury, you can't be 100% as soon as you step onto the field. And then two, at 32, you're more likely to get injured again. And if we're now supposed to now put City on Aguero's back, he's 32 year old. I don't know, man. Aguero's not Ronaldo. He's not Messi. I don't know that he's willing to take on that caliber of pressure. In addition to that, as you know, City is going to be playing in every competition as well. FA Cup, Premier League, Champions League. So what's up? You see what I'm saying? I mean, you you guys are definitely overhyping how badly they need a striker. Like, I'm with you that they should yeah. sign a striker okay. Okay. very soon. This, but, yeah. this one what, good against what started this conversation of a striker is, well, if they move Ake, then they have to play differently. The the bottom line is City wasted money on the defenders that they did purchase this summer. No disrespect to either one of them. But like Emeka stated, they could have gone and just purchased Koulibaly. They could have gone and purchased Upamecano. Like there were other options. I just don't see the value in the money that they spent. And I don't feel like it truly addressed their defensive issues. It didn't. Also, also. I think Man City had a list of defenders they wanted to buy. Koulibaly was top of the list. And then they had Kunde, the Sevilla guy, as number two. And I think Ruben Diaz was their third option. Those two did not pan out. Those two, Koulibaly and then Kunde, I don't think they came to an agreement with either Napoli or Sevilla. So they ended up getting uh, Ruben Diaz. Yeah, but they didn't come and to also, because of the fee. Yeah, and also, like, if you're saying, oh, spend all that money on just Koulibaly, what if he gets injured? What if the same Laporte thing happens again? And then now you're stuck with who? John Stones and Fernandino again at centre-back? No. You need as much depth as possible at, at CB, the way Man City plays. You do need a lot of depth in that defence position. So it do make sense for them to bring in two centre-backs. If Laporte, Laporte gets injured, at least you have uh, Ruben Diaz and then Ake. If one of them gets injured, like both of them have to get injured for you to even bring John Stones or play Fernandino in center back. Okay, but then they could have gone for even like a Tarkowski. Like, okay. I was just throwing I, names I, in I, there. Like they, they, they have, they have a set of that they go for. But like I think, I think the point has been made. Right, City maybe didn't have to buy two center backs, but I don't think that like just signing anyone is not the solution. Um, but let's, let's I'm not saying just find anyone. I'm just saying that you could have purchased a defender that's cheaper and probably on about the same level as Ruben Diaz. He's nothing spectacular as I think what we're saying for what you paid for him. We don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. Like, yeah, I, I, we I don't, don't want to indict him. I don't know how good or bad he is. I'm um, going by Pep's record in signing defenders. I'm not going to be too hyper about him. But exactly. We'll see what happens, right? I think we'll have to just see what happens this season with Man City, and maybe in the end, you guys will be right, and they should have signed a striker, or maybe George will be right in the end, and they did exactly what they had to do for this season, and they'll they'll figure it out. Um, 
I do want to ask you real quick, each of you, to give me your best sign-in so far. Who do you think is the sign-in that's going to pan out the best um, from all these EPL teams? Rookie, I'll start with you. Um, I am going to go with Chilwell for Chelsea. Mm, tell me why. I mean, we've already seen what he can do in the game that he played before the international break. He's definitely, I think, worth the price tag that Chelsea paid for him. And, I mean, he fits into their system, so. Okay. Nice. Chill well. George, how about you? Willie Watkins! <laughs> I feel like he's the best sign-in. Like, he scored three against Liverpool in the first half. Like, the guy, I don't know. Like, he just, his movements, I was, his movements reminds me a lot about uh, Latoro Martinez. I watched the guy and I was like, guy, this guy is actually, I know he's good. Like, he's really good. And it's not even hype at this point. I looked at, I watched him. I was like, yo, the guy makes good movements. And the way uh, Aston Villa plays with Barkley, I feel like Barkley is going to hold them back. But the way they play, with Grealish, with Watkins, man. I'm, I, see, I'm going to change. Huh? Do you feel like this might be some bias because he scored against Liverpool? No, I'm just saying. I feel like he's my, my the top <laughs> the top striker. Like, the best signing so far. Okay. Because, like, Aston Villa did not really have a striker. They bought um, Wesley or some something like that last season. And they were battling relegation. Okay, but this is the first EPL game that he scored in. So I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I does the first time I watched him too, and I was like, yo, this guy could actually help Aston Villa go places. Maybe okay. maybe play Europa League. It's not it's not me throwing shade. It's just me. I've seen the guy play. I was like, yo, this guy is really good. He might end up in Man City or Spain. We don't know. I just like but I the guy has good movements. I'll give him that. You heard it here. George watched Ollie Watkins play one game and he hasn't played in Barcelona by next season. <laughs> <laughs> and Mika, who do you have as your arrival that's going to be special? Biggest yeah. yeah, honestly, George is not too far off with Ollie, actually. I mean, um, Ollie's a good striker. I told you guys prior, I mean, I watched him at Brentford, even Eze and Crystal Palace. You guys remember when I was posting his videos? Yeah. Uh, but actually, uh, Winfred, Winfred was the guy who put me on. Uh, uh, only now, Willie Watkins. Willie Watkins. Yeah, back in, but like I think it was Brentford. It was one of the playoffs games. Brentford, Fulham, and yeah, he put me on that guy. But yeah, Omeka, you can continue. Willie, Oli, I don't know. Way, sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to address the white boys that we purchased, like Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. Stupid signings, very terrible. <laughs> That's not that. <laughs> and that's not that I'm not trying to like throw shade. I mean, Timo did not score a single goal in a match where four goals were scored, and he's a striker. So I don't know. You guys tell me how you guys think or what you guys think about that. But ultimately, the best signing, <clears throat> uh, give me just another second. Let me see. Um, I think it would have to be between um, Gabriel for Arsenal. Because, mm-hmm. as you know, that centre-back position was was just so clutch. And then I also want to say, <clears throat> man, that's actually a good question. That's actually yeah, a good question. I'm to you guys. I asked Amika a question he can't answer. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just thinking so many options, actually. You know what? I'll say, I'll say 
I'll say Gabriella Barcelona, believe it or not. Gabriella Barcelona, okay. That's okay. not a bad signing, though. So No, I think he's a very good signing because yeah. you guys need a defender bad, and I think yeah. that he's going to do that. So to, to wrap up this episode real quick, I just want to talk about some of the surprise packages of the EPL thus far. There haven't been that many games. I'm sure things are going to change probably drastically. Um, before we know it, but let's talk a little bit about Aston Villa. Of course, we know they had that they had that big result. Um, looking at the table, Aston Villa is second in the table, and they have a game in hand. So literally, if they win their next game, they're going to be top of the table. Like their goal difference should be the best. Um, and Mika, I'll start with you. What have you seen from Aston Villa this season? Like, how are they doing it? This is a team that was battling relegation. They barely made it, and now they're like looking like a team that Georgia say they're going to fight for Europa. What is that? Yeah, it's so funny, right? If you guys remember, last season, we all looked at the way Aston Villa played. I think it was the game against Tottenham when we were just like, wow, like these guys actually know how to attack, right? Now, all of a sudden, things started to happen. I think Wesley, they relied on him too much and he wasn't really delivering. And then in addition to that, obviously, they had injury-related issues, right? And so now that everybody's fit, everybody's back, and then in addition to that, they signed a very good goalkeeper in uh, Martinez. Yeah, that guy. Who, by the way, who, by the way, was the only keeper to have kept a clean sheet prior to the, the Liverpool game. Um, and then, in addition to that, they now signed Watkins, who's a very strong, pacey, like, energy-driven player. So I think that they just are figuring it out, man. I think, I think this season they will finish above Wolves. It's the caliber of finish I think they'll, they'll have. And I think that it's because that they've just kind of finally found that thing that works for them, be it in the style of play, be it in the chemistry amongst the players, be it yeah. in the attacking prowess. Yeah, I think they just have an and the energy that comes with, you know, we beat relegation. Now we've just beat this man, you know, big team. Let's let's go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who so, knows? We might have a, like another Leicester story too. Like the same thing happened to Leicester. They ended up winning the league. It could happen. It's not far fetched. It could happen. Oh, definitely could. You know, that's the joy of, of the EPL, you know. <laughs> George, you think Aston Villa is going to win the league? I don't think they're going to win. I'm just saying there's a possibility. Like, I, I was so impressed with it. Like, bro, seven, nine. Bro, the goals are just coming from, like, almost every attack was almost like a chance leading to go. Like, I was so impressed, man. Really, what kids? Like, Van Dijk, Van, Dijk, Van Dijk should not have let that happen. I also think Keita should be loaned out. I don't think he's finding his form at Liverpool. Um, I just want you guys to know this, that the transfer window is actually not closed. No. Right, so you guys know this. I mean, it's technically um, still open because the EPL teams can still get players from the lower division English teams. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so it is, in fact, possible for you guys to go pick up, uh, you know, be it a Watford player or whatever. You guys go, you know, they're just saying that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's a big deal. That's a pretty big deal, actually. Um, real quick, before we get up Aston Villa, Rookie, I want to ask you about Jack Grealish. I know um, after last season, we talked about our team of the season and he was in it. Just looking at Aston Villa's stats from last season, he led them in goals, assists, second most passes, most fouled player in the league. I mean, the guy did everything for them. How good do you think he is, and how much longer do you think he's going to be there? Like, do you think he's a United or Arsenal or some other big six team player, like, in a year? I like Jack Grealish. I think he is a solid player. Um, 
he he should leave Villa. I think he's too good for a team like Villa. But at the same time, it really depends on how far they go this season um, to kind of know what kind of team he's going to end up at. I could see him, honestly, he wouldn't be a bad addition to Everton. I could see him going to an Everton. Um, Yeah, I mean, I wanted him at United, but the price tag was too high. I think they were asking for 70 mil, and again, great player, but that's just too high. He's not worth that price. Okay, and and uh, since we're on surprise packages again, another surprise package I feel like this season has been Dominic Calvert Levin. This guy has been scoring goals before, and he has six goals already, top scorer. Um, and make I'll start with you. Has, has this guy changed? Has Ancelotti like unlocked him? Like what is going on with him? I mean, I've been saying this since day one. You know, the. I call him Dominic now, just Dominic. Or I just say Dom. <laughs> just Dom, okay. Yeah, yeah, or DCL. Uh, obviously, he has now been put into, they've put him into a system that allows for him to get a lot of opportunities to score goals. And I think he has just now garnered enough confidence because now he looks to his right, he sees James Rodriguez, looks behind him, he sees Sigurd Sin, Alan Ducore, looks to his left, he sees Richarlison, I think the boy is just gingered, man. His his head is above the hills at this point. And so he's now also just, you know what, taking on that energy and now banging in goals, man. Kudos to him. The guy is good with his feet. He has good short power. He's good with his head as well. You know, he would help that ball in. He They say he has a leap comparable to that of Cristiano's, although I think that's a bit of a stretch because Cristiano's leaps are very crazy. But either way, his heading prowess is top-notch. You know what I mean? So... Uh, I just think that Angelotti has figured out how to just play a system that allows for him to get those opportunities. And given his abilities, I think he's going to keep on taking them. So kudos to Everton and the system they are playing. I'm very invested in that Everton-Liverpool game coming soon this weekend just to see, you know, who's who. You know, I think the winner of that game will qualify for Champions League for sure. You know, like... If if Liverpool, because even Liverpool is a bit shaky, man. You saw the game against Leeds; it's like, hmm, what's going on? And then obviously the game against Aston Villa, it's like, okay, something is up. I mean, I, I said this from the start. I was like, yo, yeah. So something is up with Liverpool now. We're trying to see what's going on, but really, if Everton, I'm saying this: if Everton wins that game, they are qualifying for the Champions League without a doubt in my mind. Oh, if they win that game, they are qualifying for Champions League because that, for me, will give them even more energy to take on like the next ten to fifteen games with like. I think 80% of, 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 of the games will be three points. And now so that's, that's a you big don't think it's too early to make such a call? No, I don't think it's too early because you can look at the team and see what it is that they've done. I mean, bringing in Alan Ducore is just top-notch business. Top-notch. Like, and then they have some squad depth. You know, Bernard can come off the bench. Iwobi can come off the bench. Um, Sigurdsson can come off the bench. You know, they're doing very well for themselves. I mean, I'm a bit concerned about Yerimina. I'll be honest. You know, because Mina is the one who's a bit off every once in a while. You know, you get cards and stuff. But either way, that's the only thing that I see. Maybe that position needs... Pick forward. Pick forward too. Yeah, pick forward too can be a bit shaky, man. But as far as the 
the system that they are trying to set up for themselves right now, as far as the philosophy that they are implementing, as far as the games and the way they play, I think, without a doubt, man, that these guys are definitely top six this season. And depending on how that game against Liverpool goes, I think they can even make it into Champions League. I think, I think, I think they'll actually build Liverpool because, like, they're gonna exploit the way Aston Villa played. If Liverpool does not fix that high line that they they keep doing, and they put like who plays on Trent's side, uh, Richarlison, right? Yeah, Everton is going to win that game. Okay, don't worry. We'll, we'll have an episode to talk about what we expect, but thank you for letting us know early what you think. Um, <laughs> on, the, on the Pickford point, I believe Everton brought in a goalkeeper, uh, Olsen, I want to say. Um, so they are probably already looking for maybe not a replacement, but just some competition in case he proved to be too costly, which is probably a good idea. Um, to wrap up the episode, I'm going to give you guys a chance to give us your last words. Also, anything that you've been most surprised by this season thus far? Uh, rookie, I'll start with you. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say in terms of last words. Okay. Um, Nothing that surprised you. What's the biggest surprise for you this season? Oh, the biggest surprise, I mean, I think for everybody, was that Villa-Liverpool game. Um, just kind of seeing Liverpool capitulate. It was, it was strange um, to just kind of see them just no energy, no signs of life, no no one in the team really trying to revive them, trying to zhuzh them up and say, come on, like, we're Liverpool, we're the champions, this is embarrassing, do something. What? I said you never walk alone. Yeah, well, you know... <laughs> They sure didn't walk alone back to the locker room that day. But that was the biggest surprise of the season for me. Um, I say the second biggest surprise, um, even though I did say prior to the season, I did think they were going to be a top six team, is obviously Everton's performance. But for me, I, I actually like seeing teams like that, you know, come in and give everyone a run for their money. So... Um. Yeah, like I said before, it's gonna be an interesting season. So those are my last words. Okay, George, last words. Uh, um, my last words will go to Aston Villa. Man, the Aston Villa Liverpool game. Oh my! <laughs> Seven? Huh? You're just a troll. That's all you are. <laughs> no, it's not. It's my last words. I have to give it to Oli Watkins. I never rated Jack Grealish. Like I never rated a kid until the Liverpool game. And I, was, I was so impressed. Like the numbers he put up. I think he had, he had what, three assists and two goals. Like that's that's just insane, man. Like that's like like basically Aston Villa did what every single EPL team has filled. Well, aside Pep, because Pep actually beat them five zero two. But like Aston Villa did what every single EPL team should have done like just attack on Trent's side attack on Trent's side you eliminate the chance of him going up and then the guy cannot defend so put like Everton if you're listening any Everton fan if you like if you, if you can get in contact with Ancelotti put Richarlison on Trent and trust me we will see another let me see, let me not say seven like five or six goals from Everton so and oh, get Everton players too, because this Liverpool defense, man, leaking. They're about to beat goals against Everton, bro. Leak. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so to be honest, George is, is, is he hit the nail on the head of this one, man. I think, quite frankly, okay, just very quickly, just need to talk about three things first of all, right? Shout out to Haaland today, scored a hat trick against Romania. Okay. Um, 27 goals in 27 games. I mean, I've been saying you guys should put this guy on your radar and start to give him the respect that he deserves. I told you guys that I think he's better than Mbappe. And then, just like I said, Mane was better than Hazard. Now, look at what happened. Okay, but anyways, let's not talk about that. So then, so now let's move on to part two. It was nice watching Mbappe and Ronaldo hug it out today, as you know, that was a, a dream of the dream of any player, you know, to play with your idol. And there it was once again, you know, he finally got that opportunity. So shout out to him. Um, uh, Trent is a black uh, brother. You know, I tend not to bring my people down, but Trent is not a good defender. He's good attacking-wise. He's not a good defender, and he's been exploited. Unfortunately, I think this is an easy fix. I think all that has to happen is you just need to move Van Dijk from LCB to RCB to help Trent out. Uh, because right now, it's Trent Gomez or Trent Matip on the right side, and then Van Dijk Robertson on the left side. I think that that right side is really poor. It's really, really poor. So I think Van Dijk needs to come closer to Trent and help out. That's what I think the solution is to that problem. But anyways, my last words will simply be that, um, man, shout out to Aston Villa, man. What a win. Shout out to uh, the people that played United. <laughs> but thank you for winning that game. Uh, I think we need to start looking at Ole. I'm now starting to see that the media is starting to focus on Ole, which, as you know, starts to imply that he's on his way out. So we're happy about that. Yeah, so so that being said, you know, great signing, great business by Arteta. Keep up the good work. Um, and uh, we'll see Arsenal in the Champions League. Yeah, this Ole guy keeps getting lucky, man. Anyways, yeah. Yes, yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for listening to the episode, and we'll be back in a couple of days. Your body be shining like diamond. Me love all your glow. Yeah. Me love all your skin. Mm. Me love all your glow. Yeah. Your body be shining like diamond. Me love all your glow. Yeah.